Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Welcome, I'm Mignon Morel, your host. We're so glad you joined us today. Before we get started, I want to make a few quick announcements. First and foremost, I hope you are enjoying these podcasts and that they are really helping you grow in your walk with Jesus, grow in your faith, grow in the anointing on your life that he's given you. Um, We have added a new store to our website. On this store, if you go there, you'll see um, our new books that we're releasing, our new music, as well as other items. Um, I do have a book on there right now on soul transformation and healing. So if you're in need of healing in your soul and want to learn more about that, I encourage you to go to the store and check it out. We started the store to help promote the ministry, helped fund the ministry, actually, uh, because we are growing and expanding into many other countries. And this is very exciting, but it's also very expensive. So uh, we are using this, the funds of this to help advertise to get the good news of the kingdom out. So I encourage you to check out our new store on the website that is at fromwaterintowine.org. We're also becoming available on other platforms like WeMe and Parlor, and you can find us on there under Mignon Morel as well. So today we're going to talk about what it means to truly abide and dwell in Jesus. So I'm splitting this talk into two parts because I want to keep it short on time, but I want to go deep with the message. So let's get started. John 15, 4 says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united in me, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. In Strauss Concordance, the Greek word for dwell is katiokia. Katiokia means to live in, reside in, and settle in. It also means to stay in, remain, live, dwell, and to be in a state that begins and continues to tarry or to wait. So I have a question for you. Why is it that the average Christian has trouble abiding or dwelling in Christ. You know, when I meet new people because of what I do, they will typically ask me about uh, a situation going on in their lives. And they'll ask me, Mignon, what do you think about this? So what should I do about this? And I will typically respond with, well, what has Jesus told you? Or what has God said to you about the matter? You know, in nine times out of 10, they'll tell me, well, I haven't really asked him or it did not cross my mind to really ask him about it. And my response to that is always the same. Why not? Many Christians have a religious concept of Jesus Christ. They've accepted Jesus just enough to get saved to avoid going to hell They know Jesus as a savior, but they really don't know him in any other way or context in their lives. This is one reason why the world and the desires and the worries of the world can have a stronger hold on believers in the church than the kingdom does. 
We don't truly know the king of the kingdom on an intimate, personal basis. So we don't have greater access to the kingdom here on earth. Jesus is good. He is the most amazing and interesting person you will ever meet in this life or the next. He is the greatest superhero of all time. He is funny, kind, humble, powerful, loving, strong, just, trustworthy, loyal, holy. He commands all the attention of heaven, and he absolutely deserves 100% of our attention and our affection. You know, once you start to really know how good Jesus is, once you really start to seek him in your everyday life, you will find him and the kingdom and all of its glory and power will begin to open up to you. And all of that is because he's truly good. As Christians, we need to have the understanding that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, he is our ultimate source in this life and is supposed to be our new home. Scripture calls the church the bride of Christ. As a bride, we are supposed to be learning about our husband, Jesus, like a bride would seek to learn about her future husband. We're actually called to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ on a deeper and more intimate level. Abiding is all about learning to have a true relationship based on intimacy with Jesus. It's about learning to do life on a personal one-on-one basis with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go deeper into this teaching, I want to share a recent personal story of what intimacy and abiding with Jesus looks like. Now, we all know that 2020 has been a doozy of a year for everyone. Personally, I've seen a lot of miracles this year. As I've mentioned before, buying and selling houses, starting this podcast. But I've also seen uh, some losses. Recently, for example, I lost a very good friend whose loss was a really bad betrayal. It really wounded my heart. So as most of us do, I was processing this loss out in my emotions, in my mind, and I went to the gym to work out. Now, God speaks to me a lot when I work out, so I'm working out and I'm talking to Jesus about this loss and the wounds I have had over the years. I've had a lot of loss over the years, especially in regards to people I've loved. And as I was going over these things in my mind, talking to Jesus about how I was I going to endure this loss, I suddenly got this vision. It was a vision of me sitting on a bench in a peaceful garden. So in this vision, I'm sitting there on this bench and I just felt this incredible peace come over me. And I looked around and I saw what looked like mounds of flowers all around me, like little miniature gardens of of flowers. It was like clumps and beautiful flowers all around me. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what is this? And in the vision, Jesus suddenly appeared next to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said to me, this, what you see here, are the wounded areas of your heart. You thought this would be a graveyard, but I have brought healing and life to each of the places where you were wounded and have turned them into a place of peace and fruitfulness. 
And Jesus said to me, I never waste anything in your life and I'm able to heal any trespass. You know, I saw one area in that vision that looked like it was earth dug up like a new grave, like someone had dug it up and tried to fill the hole back in with black dirt. And the Lord said to me that this was the latest wound that I had felt from the loss of my friend from the betrayal. But the Lord told me that it looked like this because it was fresh, like a fresh grave, but that he was healing it. And soon it would also look like the rest of the gardens. Flowers would grow where once there was only pain. Now, as I'm having this vision, I felt great peace because I understood what I thought in my heart would look like a graveyard was actually a garden as far as God is concerned. Jesus is Jehovah Rapha, so he can heal. He has the power to heal what I don't, and he makes all things new. Experiencing for ourselves in our personal lives, this power from him is a part of the intimacy that he longs to have with us. In Jesus Christ, God is always after true intimacy with you. He's after bringing a fresh encounter of who he is to you, where he takes a true interest in your life, in your heart, in you. Learning to abide in Jesus, to truly live with him, dwelling with him, is what our lives here on this earth are all about. Abiding is how we gain access to the kingdom, and it's how true intimacy is built. Abiding is the key that unlocks your inheritance and gives us the ability to live a full and prosperous life here upon the earth. Now, before we go deeper into abiding and what that looks like, let's first talk a little bit more about who Jesus is. Remember I said earlier, many of us still have a religious version of Jesus that we um, interact with or know about or deal with. Let's talk a little bit more about who he really is, because it is impossible to abide and dwell in and live with someone if you don't really know who they are. I want to remind us here of just a few of the characteristics and attributes of Jesus so we can all get to know him a little better. Now, I can already hear many religious folks getting nervous, shouting, Jesus is our king. We don't have intimacy with the king. Yes, but Jesus is also calls himself our friend, our redeemer, and our healer. In other words, Jesus wants us to know him in all of his different facets. This happens as we gain intimacy with him and he begins to reveal more of the different aspects of his personality and who he wants to be for our lives. So let's talk about Jesus and get to know some important things before we talk about abiding. Scripture says Jesus is fully God, fully Lord, and fully King. Jesus himself testified to this in Revelations when he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, he who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty, the ruler of all. In Colossians 2.9, the Apostle Paul states that Jesus is the full expression of God. For in him, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. So the fullness of God 
dwells in Jesus. And fullness here actually means the highest state or degree, the utmost extent, the complete amount, possessing or containing all distinguishing characteristics. So, in other words, Jesus is fully God in every way. Paul goes into greater detail on this in Colossians 1.15 when he talks about it. He says, Now he, Jesus, is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. For it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth. Things seen and unseen were the thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things were created and exist through him by his service and intervention and in and for him. And he himself existed before all things and in him all things consist and are held together. He is also the head of his body, the church, seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place. For it is pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. So we see that Jesus is fully God. Just read Colossians 1.15 again when you have time and you really listen to what Paul is saying here about who Jesus is. He existed before the earth was created outside of time with the Father. And all things we see like the earth, the sky, the people, the animals, and things we only see with our spiritual eyes like the angels, the demons, the rulers and authorities in high places, even Satan were all created through him. Now, this is important to understand because this means that everything that Jesus created carries a portion of his DNA to some extent, and therefore he has power over it all. This means also that he has all power and authority in heaven on earth and what happens here upon the earth and in our daily lives. Jesus himself declared this in Matthew 28, 18. All authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father, his attributes, his desires, his power, everything. So if we have seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. Now, if anyone tells you, oh, you cannot know God, you can tell them, um, that's not true. If you know Jesus, you know the Father, John 14, 9. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, isn't that exciting news? We can know everything about God because he is in Jesus and we are in Christ. This is exciting news because it also means there's nothing in your life that is outside of his rule. No issue, no problem, no person, no circumstance. When you are in Jesus, he reigns over it all. He is the source of all of your life and the source that meets all of your needs. So, Jesus is fully God. But did you know that Jesus is also the source of all wisdom and knowledge? Jesus fully embodies the treasuries of all wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 3. 
In him, all the treasuries of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Wow. Now, why is this important? Why? Why would it be important for us to know this? Because this means if you need wisdom and knowledge for any situation in your life, you have a place to go to get it. Ask Jesus because he is the source of it. So when you are faced with a situation where you need wisdom, ask him, Lord Jesus, what should I do? I need your wisdom right now to navigate this issue in my life. By coming to him for wisdom and knowledge, you actually circumvent the enemy and human wisdom, which the word says is foolishness anyway, and you work on building your intimacy with him in this area of life. Jesus also calls himself our shepherd, El Roi, the Lord is my shepherd, John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. But the hired servant, who merely serves for wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock and runs away. And the wolf chases and snatches them and scatters the flock. Now the hireling flees because he merely serves for wages and is not himself concerned about the sheep. He cares nothing for them. I am the good shepherd, and I know and recognize my own, and my own know and recognize me. Even as truly as the Father knows me, and I also know the Father, and I am giving my own life and laying it down on behalf of the sheep. So Jesus is saying here that in our lives, that he also functions for us like a good shepherd. What do shepherds do? I mean, I know in America here, very few of us are out with shepherds, hanging out with them, shepherding around. What do shepherds do? (laughs) Shepherds protect the flock. So we need to understand that Jesus is our protector. He is our protector from life from the enemy, from people and situations. He is your protection. Shepherds also guide the way of the flock. So Jesus is the one who also guides our steps. So when we need to know which way to go, we can come to him because he guides our steps. Shepherds comfort the flock, sheltering them in safety. We can come to Jesus with any issue, any problem, Uh, anything we're experiencing, and he will comfort us. The good shepherd comforts the flock. Shepherds also provide for the flock, leading them to green pasture, their provision in safety. So Jesus is saying he's also our provider. He is our provider. We can come to him when we need provision, trusting that he's going to lead us to that provision or that provision to us. Jesus laid down his life fighting for us to provide for us with eternal life. So we can know that part of Jesus that is the good shepherd in our lives because he guides us, protects us, comforts us, provides for us, and fights for us. He's a good shepherd. Scripture also says that Jesus is our healer, Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, Matthew 9.35. 
Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus is fully God, and he is the one who created us. So he has the full authority and power to heal whatever is ailing us physically, mentally, and spiritually. He is the first person and source we should turn to when we are faced with a healing need. Really, why? Why? Because he created us and he knows every system and what it needs to be made whole. So you can come to him with your healing needs, whether it is physical or emotional. Lord Jesus, my heart is broken. Please fix it. Lord Jesus, I need deliverance from this issue. Please deliver me. You know, I have seen God do an incredible amount of healing. I used to travel doing healing meetings where multiple people would get healed. But I always remember this one time when I was chopping up onions for dinner and I missed the onion and I got my finger instead, you know, and there was a ton of blood going everywhere and I was all alone and it was very painful and I felt like I was going to pass out. Uh, And I was kind of going into shock by what happened because I had not been paying attention. And I remember crying out, ah, Lord Jesus, please take the pain. And in an instant, the pain disappeared and then the bleeding stopped. Jesus created you so he can heal you. It is a part of what he offers us in true intimacy. And his healing power for us and to us is a part of his transforming us into his likeness. We receive from him what we need and we are transformed more into the likeness of Jesus. Jesus also wants us to know him better as a friend. John 15, 15, I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends If you do whatever I command you, Jesus chose us and appointed us to be his friends. Understand, Jesus chose you to be his friend. In his version of friendship, this relationship is based on loyalty, sacrifice, encouragement, obedience, and full revelation and disclosure. Jesus trusts his friends. That is why he confides in them. Friends are not servants. They can serve at times helping in the house of the Lord, but their position is more intimate than that of a servant. As friends, we have access to everything Jesus has, and he joyfully releases it to us as we walk in true friendship with him. We dialogue in a true way with Jesus on a daily basis. We're not just servants checking in to get our orders. We're friends meeting together to share and receive support and encouragement. You know, when I was working on this little section, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to tell them about you as a friend? And he said, tell them, I never have a bad day. You know, we all have those friends that we love, but every now and then they go off. 
and we can't really rely on them or trust them with certain things because they have bad days. But Jesus never has a moment where he is not your true friend. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus, a brother like no other. I remember, and I've mentioned this before, I had a dream once where Jesus came to me and we talked and he said, Mignon, many people try and pay me to come or they try to bribe me to come. He said, but I always come from my friends and my family and you are my family. Question, have you made room in your life for Jesus as a best friend? Do you share your secrets, your dreams and your hopes with him? Do you allow him to share his desires with you? Friends are the ones Jesus says he confides in. Friends, not servants. Jesus is also the source of peace in our lives. Isaiah 9, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from them on and forevermore. So scripture says Jesus is our peace. He is the one with the ability to give us the mental and spiritual rest and peace that we need on a daily basis in order to do life well. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take your yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am gentle and meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest and relief and refreshment and blessed quiet for your souls. So when you need peace, where do you go? Do you run to Jesus first or do you run to the things that help you cope? Come to him. He has all the peace that you need. He is the word made flesh, 1 John 1. Come to him. Get into his word. You will feel peace. Have a conversation with him. You will feel peace. Call on him. He will bring peace. He is peace. That means when you really come to him, there's no way you are leaving without a measure of his peace imparted to you, a measure of his peace imparted to your situation. He is the Prince of Peace. Nothing in the world gives us peace that surpasses all understanding like Jesus. And Jesus is also, of course, our Savior and Redeemer. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, Jesus's position as Savior and Redeemer did not end once we got saved. In other words, Jesus is still continuing to redeem us into his likeness and image. As Redeemer, he introduces grace into our lives to help us overcome the pitfalls. And he's constantly seeking to make a grace exchange in our lives. For example, where we would get angry, Jesus wants to give us patience. Where we would be overwhelmed by depression or sadness, he desires to give us joy. Where there is trouble, he longs to give us peace. And where there is fear in our lives, he longs to 
overflow us with his love and impart courage to us. He longs to continue the redeeming process with us, both in small and big ways. To grasp his role as Redeemer and Savior more fully in our lives, we first have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at. Take an inventory of the good and the bad and the ugly, and then invite the Lord to continue that redeeming and healing process in all of those areas. Now, as we do this, we'll be changed by the power he imparts into us to be transformed in those areas. Jesus is our merciful Savior. He longs to heal the pain of our lives so he can expose the beauty and the uniqueness of the people he has created us to be. You know, after I got saved, uh, I still had a lot of baggage that I was carrying around. It was negatively affecting my life and all my relationships. I was saved, but I couldn't say I was exactly a new creation in the pure sense, and neither could those around me. Uh, Once I allowed Jesus to come in and start really healing and redeeming areas in my life and clean up those areas of pain and baggage... Everything in my life began to change for the better, including who I was as a person. I have now come to understand that we are indeed new creations, but it takes submitting to the redeeming process and the power of the Holy Spirit for that to happen. So now we have covered a few of the attributes and characteristics of Jesus, the one we are supposed to be living with right now and abiding in, our roommate per se. On part two of this talk, we're going to go deeper into John 15 and learn how we learn to abide in Jesus, what blocks us from doing that. And I'm going to take you through an abiding exercise. But right now, I want to leave you with a few questions to think about. Do you see any areas or attributes that I mentioned in your life that you need to seek Jesus deeper for? Do you need to know Jesus better as a trusted friend? Do you need to know him better as a guide or a giver of wisdom in your life? Does your life need more of his peace, more of his healing? Take time this week to reflect on all these characteristics of Jesus and the areas in your life where you need him. Seek to know him better and you will find him showing up in the areas that you need. Let me close with a quick prayer for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your great love for us. I thank you for your hunger and desire to bless every single listener right now. I thank you that you are not only our Savior, but you are our healer, our good shepherd, our friend. I ask this week as they go forward that you would come and reveal new aspects of who you are for the listener in their lives. Lord, I ask you to meet every need they have, whether it be for healing, wisdom, revelation, provision, guidance. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bring them all of this and more in your peace. Thank you that we can come to you. Thank you for making life with the Father and you and the Holy Spirit in the kingdom completely available to us every moment of every day. I thank you and give you all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to 
from waterintowine.org. And follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.